at Herd with Herd was recorded in front of absolutely no studio audience. But we're still here on a bi-weekly basis talking to the hottest, to the freshest, to the most talented and exciting artists breaking through this year. We're going to be talking about the ups. We're going to be talking about the lows. We're going to be talking about what it takes to be an artist in this day and age. So join me. I am Herd. And let's see who we're talking to this time. Radio voice off. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. Welcome back, guys, to Get Heard with Heard with me. My name is Heard. And that's the last time I'll be saying that this season because season one of Get Heard with Heard is coming to an end at the end of this episode. What an incredible season it's been. I have this visual montage going through my head of all of the best bits, the magic moments of conversation with these wonderful artists, these inspiring people, these talented creators, and people that I could literally talk to till the end of time. Season two of Get Heard with Heard is already in production. (laughs) It's already happening. There's going to be more coming soon. But what an incredible season we've had. Some brilliant conversations. And today's one is no different. Today, we're going to be talking to a personal friend of mine. She goes by the name of Eris, spelt A-A-R-Y-S. A-A-R-Y-S. I think if she gets really famous, I'm going to get a crowd to start chanting that. A-A-R-I-S. <laughs> Either way, it's Eris. Uh, the first time I met her, I called her Aries. And she said, why does everyone always call me Aries? It's so irritating that everyone always calls me Aries. It's Eris. Eris. Remember it. Remember that name. I personally really, really connect with Eris based on the fact that she talks a lot about mental health in her music. And she uses the music as a platform to develop a conversation about mental health. She's also a TEDx speaker like myself. We have a lot in common when it comes to that aspect of what creativity means to us. Now, the thing with Eris is also that her music is absolutely powerful really really powerful stuff a single talk which was released this year 2020 is a tour de force a musical experience not to be missed and we're going to be listening to a little bit of that before we jump into our interview today i'm going to be interested to get to the bottom of the mental health experiences that drove eris to have such a strong presence and a strong you know developed perspective of on this specific subject and within this specific community She's put on shows to support mental health charities. She's really knee deep in that space. And I find that very, very alluring. I find it brilliant. And I would love to get to the bottom of that and share maybe some of my experiences too with mental health. Regardless, let's start by listening to a little bit of Eris. This is a song called Talk. And after that, we'll be jumping in conversation with Eris. It's consuming. That was a little bit of Eris with Talk. What an absolutely incredible track. I love how ambient it is. I love how broad it is. I also just really want to talk to Eris right now. And I know that she wants to talk to me, but she also wants to hide from everyone. So I'm going to hopefully make it a pleasurable conversation, make it an accessible conversation. And I've got to tell you guys, like, Eris is a good friend of mine, so she will talk. I will make her talk. I'll turn the interrogation light in her face and make her talk. Uh, Probably won't have to do that. Anyway, without getting too distracted, we have Eris on the line with us right now. Hello, Eris. Hi. 
Thanks for having me. Hi. You are very welcome. Welcome to the show. First off, I just love your work. I think you already know this, but I have to repeat it. I do love your work. I love the style behind the way that you present your ideas, but also the substance. Thank like you. You are a substance person. Thanks I can so tell much. that you you bring a lot to the table. I appreciate that. And I, I, I'm going to try and uncover you know, what, what you're bringing to the table in depth today. That is the purpose of my conversation with you. <laughs> um, I don't want to make you feel too uncomfortable. <laughs> no um, interrogation lights necessary. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No interrogation lights necessary. I'll be, I'll, I'll be open with you. We're gonna, this is just like our usual coffee chat, yeah. let's say. It's just a, an open conversation in which I probe you for all of the most intimate <laughs> and uncomfortable things. <laughs> but it, it's uh, talking about talk for a second. C can you tell us a little bit more about the story behind the song and, and what it is that brought you to a place where this song existed? Because for me, it sounds like it's been pulled from a super vulnerable place. Yeah, yeah. And I would love to know where that is. And, and, and also more importantly what the message is that you're bringing to the table here but to, but to start things off like tell me more about talk where does this song come from sure yeah there is a story behind talk so i was in a session with the the producer of the track he goes by la flamme and we were just in a writing session together one day and it happened to be that day one year ago uh bell let's talk day and right. we were just having a discussion about um writing honest songs and being vulnerable with our emotions and i mm. i recalled having um a conversation with a songwriter at some point who told me not to write songs that were too sad or else it would just bring people down and it just like got, oh. it got me thinking that that's like what people say when they don't understand someone with a mental illness and saying that they shouldn't talk about it because or i think most people with a mental illness just believe that they shouldn't talk about it because they'll bring other right. people down so it was, it happened to be Bell Let's Talk Day that day. And we were just like, you know what? Let's just write a really honest song. So, um, La Flamme, he turned around and he started building that ambient track mm. and I was behind him writing lyrics. And before he was even finished the track, he turns around and asked if I liked it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm done. I'm done writing the song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There we go. Yeah, Inspired. It came yeah. from such a vulnerable place of my own experience with anxiety, um, because I've dealt with that for my whole life and right. um honestly like writing the lyrics just it made me tear up just to even write mm. them down and not because i was being really sad but just because i was being really honest which is which is definitely something i can relate to for sure like the 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 best songs that ever sort of were, were filtered through me is a way that yeah. i like to to say it sometimes it's it's almost like i'm birthing a song is the way i i, I talk about it yeah. with people who don't really understand the process it's kind of like giving birth it's mm -hmm. like i may have conceived it at one point through the experiences i had i may have conceived it at one point through some act that i did but that gestation period, that was something that happened organically. And the birthing process can be quite painful, Yeah, um, can be quite emotional, but it's ultimately so beautiful it makes you cry. Like mm -hmm. that's the mark of a really good song. And, and a good song for me, it's such a subjective thing. A good song could be a bad song for, for me and a good song for someone else or vice versa. Oh, but yeah. for, in, in my estimation of it, a good song is something that gives you a reaction, which, which again is very subjective. Absolutely. But if you give yourself that reaction when you write it you damn well know that it's a good song for you um, <laughs> yeah it's an important song for myself and so I think that's translated into being an important song for other people 
I believe so. I think that is the the exchange is if you can find something that's valuable for you and put it out in an authentic, raw uh, fashion and communicate it in a way that doesn't hide the bits that are difficult, yeah. then then other people will recognize it for what it is. And I, I would like to have a conversation with that person who told you to hide your, <laughs> your sadness in your yeah. songs because I, I think they have a whole bunch of Spotify playlists to listen to For <laughs> sure. and realize that 95% of successful music has been from a place of emotion and half of that comes from a place of emotion that is unpleasant, unpleasant. to experience. Absolutely, yeah. So I don't know who that was, but yeah. I would love to see uh, see their day-to-day. -day. Like, I, yeah. I, I am imagining, and I, I really don't want to run them down because I don't know them but i'm imagining that they're the the kind of um you know St stepford wife kind of person <laughs> who's like i have my perfect perfect white fence in my house mm -hmm. and i have my perfect lawn and i have my perfect partner and family and house and yeah. everything's perfect and yeah. then you, you sit with them for five minutes and, and the mask comes down and right. you see a horrified, scared person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to implant that idea on this person <laughs> I don't know. But for the but record, like, <laughs> it's kind of what stops you from being yourself in the creative process. And that's yeah. one thing I can say about the body of work that, that, that I really appreciate that comes from you is that it is very you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I love if anyone calls me an authentic writer, I take that as the, the biggest compliment. So. Thank you. I think that's the, the only compliment that matters, yeah. really. Um, because as a, as a creator, you'll always have people who resonate with what you do and you'll always have people who don't. Mm -hmm. The only thing that really matters is, did you do your authentic truth justice? Like, yeah. did you do yourself justice? Right. Because if you did, everyone else could hate it, but you know it's valuable. Yeah. And if you didn't, you'll always question whether if you had just been a bit more yourself, whether people would have liked it a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So it makes sense to, to make that your one estim uh, estimation, your one goal is to just bring so much of yourself out that regardless of how it's received, you feel pretty damn good about it. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the goal. That is the goal. Exactly. And with, with talk, I, I think you've really nailed that in the sense that it's, it is very raw. It's very vulnerable and it's very simple in its concept. And I think that's, that's, proof of the fact that it's that it's you know raw authentic vulnerable yeah the, the complication of things sometimes shows that it's raw authentic and vulnerable too but in this case you know anxiety and depression are are, are quite simple at the core they yeah, are they, yeah they're they're, they're they're complicated but they're simple at the core absolutely right? yeah it's, it's definitely it's a complicated situation but i think like the to get down to it like just that simple statement of i want to talk to you but i want to hide from everyone just felt to me that it was so universal and it's it's so universal and yeah. i've been told from people who do deal with their own mental health stuff and they they they've told they've come up to me and said shit like i that's the perfect way to say that so um yeah it, it, and to it, be it simple really about it is is probably the most straightforward powerful thing to do in that situation I, I believe so and and there's a time and place for every style of writing and every style of of communication and you know the the people who are laboriously placing words to create the absolute perfect vernacular to transmit this idea that's very existential that's me adding in really fancy words by the way <laughs> i'm trying to make a fancy word example of using fancy words but you know so, someone who's really taking the time to to sort of chip out this incredible statue from the marble is doing valuable work too it's just when it comes to a message about anxiety and depression it is also very valuable to find that universal language that's something that makes you feel less alone. Yeah. Because I think that's maybe the the the, the hidden 
message to the song. It's you you may be suffering, but you're not alone. Absolutely it is, yeah. Mm. The, the, the meaning behind the meaning, which I really like. And to, to pivot slightly away from this, I, I, I just have to ask you. So my, one of my favorite tracks of yours is called What My Secrets Are. <laughs> And I've listened to it many, many times, and I still haven't quite figured out what they are. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to flat out ask you what the secrets that you're referring to are, although I will be digging around there, just <laughs> spoiler alert. But, but you know, t tell me more about the song, because this, this one really stands out for me. You know, I, I, I quite like Arizona. I quite like Echo. Different kind of highs, great. Bad things, great. But for me, like, what my secrets are, there's something about it that's quite... Um, seductive in the in the style of production and songwriting yeah thank you but also just the idea that that, that i just need to know what they are <laughs> um, can we clarify once and for all first the meaning of the song but also like you're gonna have to just tell me at least one of them but but yeah. tell me more about the song yeah i mean the song it's it's meant to be a little bit of a mystery to be honest um the song was inspired just by me thinking it was it was back i wrote it a few years back and um I was just kind of going through a moment where I felt like you know I hadn't really met that person in my life yet who really right. got down to the core of who I was and understood me and um I was just kind of writing this hypothetical song to this hypothetical person kind of daring someone to get to know me better and that's I what see. that means so so what you're saying in a very diplomatic way as to not disappoint me too much is there are no real secrets. They're just metaphorical secrets. Yeah. I mean, uh, okay. to be, to, I will give you one. I mean, like I, when I was writing that song, I, I really wasn't like as open about my mental health. Yeah. Um, so I really only kind of got started getting really open and, and public about my mental health around the time I wrote Arizona. But um, right. what my secrets are was... It, I mean, yeah, I've never, I had never really shown anyone that side of me. I also didn't really understand that side of me. So that was a big secret to. That, in, that in is a way. secret. Yeah. It's true. That is something that we, we are sort of taught how to hide. Mm -hmm. um, culturally, in, in particular, growing up in England. So obviously, I was, well, not obviously, most people don't know this. <laughs> not obviously. I was born in Canada, but I grew up in England. And, and one of the things in England is, you know, stiff up a lip to keep yourself to yourself and if you have a problem don't burden anyone else with it right and you know the reality there is you teach yourself how to not pay attention to the signals that are telling you that something's not quite right mm -hmm. in this case you know it, it makes a lot of sense that one of your secrets would be that because yeah. you were probably hiding it for 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 the simple fact that you were told that that's what you were supposed to do yeah exactly um i absolutely hit it uh, back then a lot more than I even even now that I'm I consider myself a bit of an advocate for it but I still I still have my moments where I feel like mm, maybe I shouldn't burden people with this so right it's it, like it, it's, it's a definite a, it's a battle process. but yeah, yeah mostly that song is just kind of a general like get to know me like the real me and just like all my little quirks and and things that make me tick of course it's a very profound message Thanks. and uh and, and I do appreciate that for what it is. And, and I'm going to segue us into a very unprofound, I don't know if that's a word. It should be, because that's basically yeah. what I spend my life doing. <laughs> Pivoting from profound to not at all profound. So that it's like super existential, but also super playful. Um, I, I guess people who've listened to the whole Get Heard with Heard season are going to see that, where it's like one minute we're talking about something really serious, and then the next minute we're talking about Animal Crossing, <laughs> um, which is a theme throughout every every single episode. Because 
because it's in my effing head. Like it's just <laughs> cemented in my mind. I'm literally thinking right now exactly how I'm going to map out the pathways on my island. Oh my god! Um, it's subconscious <laughs> processing though. Consciously, I'm here in the conversation. Subconsciously, mm-hmm. I am on uh, Calm Beach, which is the name <laughs> of my island. Um, the bottom line here is to take it in a less serious direction. If 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 we can play the game of what are your quirks? Because, you know, you're saying people need to accept you for who you are. I would love to know your top three quirks. Um, things that are specifically you that maybe people might think make you a little bit kooky, a little bit crazy, <laughs> a little bit weird. Because I have plenty. And you know what? I'll match you. Every, yeah. time, you sh- you, every, time, you, every time you show me a quirk, I'll show you one of mine. Because um, I, I, I think that's, that's a, a really good show of someone who's able to transcend their their anxiety and their depression and their mental health issues is to be able to bring that authentic self to the table yeah and, and not hide and not worry and 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 not not care so much how other people perceive you um that's my way of presenting it in a more serious manner sure. but t- taking away the serious things i, I just i kind of want to get to know you better yeah. t- g- g- give me give me y'all quirks <laughs> okay give me y'all quirks um I, well one of my one of one quirk i guess would would be um I, I find myself extremely hilarious and but I mean my my jokes would be considered bad <laughs> to most people like they're just like they're that. like lame jokes but um and so I'm like the queen of like I, maybe they're like dad jokes or what, maybe they're mom jokes dad I'm not jokes. sure what the, te- the yeah. technical term is but I love a good bad joke and a good and bad joke I'll spend like several minutes after I told it laughing at myself <laughs> well this is great okay well I, I i i this is like um you've kind of dangled this proverbial carrot in front of me <laughs> and i'm a donkey who's desperate to eat carrots like are you, you're gonna have to hit us with a bad joke like <laughs> I, I i i really need to hear what you mean because who knows maybe i'll like it. Oh, it, it it may be one of those groaners where you're like <sighs> maybe one that i'm just like because i do quite like one of those i'm i'm all for puns as well like yeah. humor that's just really silly i can do but um i'm gonna give you the floor to to tell us your best bad joke okay. um and yeah. see if if it's actually funny or not <laughs> i feel like i can't think of one off the top of my head they're usually like this is the, yeah. just within whatever conversation i'm having i'll just make some like ridiculously lame comment and that i think it's really funny i can't that they're not like knock knock jokes i like see just so it's less of a joke it's more of a witticism yeah you're, you're it, it, that okay see that's even worse actually yeah. because <laughs> if it was a joke it's yeah. a joke no but if it's, it's not it, <laughs> it's not like it's a real like... joke like knock knock who's there it's more just like uh, things that i yeah. say in real conversations <laughs> that everyone else kind of shrugs off just and groans, then you're there giggling yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get you for a good five minutes yeah yeah i, I can see that I although i could tell you a joke similar. that my cousin told me it runs in the family Ooh, um okay. because we laughed we laughed about our similarities and the fact that we would both find this funny like she i i posted something on instagram saying yeah. that, that a friend of mine dropped a new single and she messaged me back saying did you help him pick it up and she's like <laughs> Did I, I spent i spent so long laughing at myself for saying that to you and i was like i laughed too i thought it was great <laughs> it's like so it's, that kind it, yeah, of thing I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying though. It's yeah. basically non-humor. Yeah, it, it's like it's 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 that base level of humor that's like as simple as it can be. But you know yeah. what? Like, I think it's it's a it's a sign of your transcending of of the the more mental health side of things that you're able to just laugh at something like that. You know, like oh yeah, a, a very anxious, depressed 
uh, heiress probably didn't have time to laugh at a dropping joke <laughs> when it came to songs. Yeah, I mean, I I love laughing. It's like humor is like probably one of my favorite things um, in the it's world. It's quite disarming. So, yeah, yeah, it's a disarming thing. And, mm-hmm. and and I always like to touch on this later in the conversation with people. But maybe the the spoiler for later in our conversation is that one of your key defining you know messages in life is is that laughter is is this liberating thing and and given the story that you have with you know within mental health and within those things you are very validated by your history to have an opinion on this so it's almost like listen to eris (laughs) eris has an answer um which i quite like um, but but one, one of the things I really um, respect about you as a creator as well is that you spend a lot of time just performing. I do. And, and being out there. And one thing that not everyone will know from listening to your music on Spotify or streaming on other platforms or, you know, checking out your videos on YouTube is that a lot of your performances are acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, as my actual like full-time job, um, has always been to just perform music acoustically at events, right? bars, restaurants, pubs. I, I've, I've been doing that for years. And so I'm pretty much seasoned at those kinds of performances. So I love stripping down some of my original stuff right. and, and playing it in a new light and, and giving people a more intimate look at the song. So yeah, acoustic performances are really, uh, I love them. They're, they're very, very much part of your, your expressive mm-hmm. sort of um, tentacles, maybe. It's like you have <laughs> multiple expressive tentacles in life and collectively they make one heiress, yeah. one octopus heiress. Um, but when it comes down to it, I, I think the question here is, what pulled you towards production that was different than acoustic? If, if this is uh, one of the hearts of the way you perform, yeah. what pulled you in that direction? It's interesting, actually, because I, I had gone into working on this project the the secrets album with um a producer in toronto tim abraham and in my first meeting with him i had shown him a bunch of songs that i wrote on acoustic guitar and he just like as someone with an opinion um on music and on what he was hearing from me he was like you know i hear potential in in your songwriting and stuff i feel like your voice lends more towards this like ethereal pop style yeah and i was like yeah i mean honestly i think all i'm doing is writing what i know how to write because all i have access to is an acoustic guitar right when i was thinking about the music i listened to and the music i really loved it was more like the uh alternative pop female artists some Mm. alternative rock female artists and none of it was acoustic stuff. So, I mean, it just kind of starting to lend into like my actual influences and now having access to someone who knew how to make that. Was, yes. That, yeah. that just allowed me to explore what I actually wanted to do. Which makes sense, actually, because realistically speaking, I think most of us as artists have this initial creative tool or platform that we utilize mm-hmm. that isn't always how we want the song to be it's just the yeah. the way i see it is is when when a song is created uh, by me the, the the process is this birthing it's almost like i'm translating and i can only translate in the language that i know i i can't translate it to the effect of something that i don't know so you know the the inspiration hits i translate it through the language that i know into 
in many cases like you an acoustic guitar track yeah um and and then i listened to that same inspiration source and when i listen to it it's like some huge edm track and i'm like uh, okay mm-hmm. there's a big gap between <laughs> this so then i take my guitar written song i you know produce a demo on my my own end create a demo that has a beat that isn't quite what's in my heart and synths that aren't quite what's in my heart and vocal production that is not quite what I expect on the radio. And and then I take that demo and I present that to a producer so that, yeah. that they can take out that, they can pull out what is authentically there mm-hmm. that I am not able to access. Yeah, and that's um, why I love collaborations. It's just, it really um, opens things up to making something that you wouldn't have made by yourself. Which is which is very much the case with yeah. with your work as well because we have that um, that remix. I think it's Dex Arson, mm-hmm. who, who yeah, yeah. The, the the like really big remix. Yeah, Dex is a good friend of mine, and he's an awesome producer. And we yeah, he came up with this incredibly intense like dubstep EDM remix of Bad Thing that was so much fun. I performed it with him as well, and it was amazing. So it, 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 I remember the video actually. Mm-hmm. I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah, where where just for a split second you were being that big electronic artist. That, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like the, the, this is this is exactly what I used to do back in the day. Um, sometimes to, to crowds of fourteen people, sometimes to crowds of fourteen hundred people. Yeah, and there's there's something so infinitely ex- exciting about mm-hmm. there being that amount of people just dancing because you know you play an acoustic show it's quite hard to make people l- lose their inhibitions and throw themselves yeah it's such wildly. a different experience yeah it's different and it, mm. it to me that's the thing that i crave the most as a performer mm-hmm. um you know they're, they're, and there's different types of performances and, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about tedx in yeah. a moment but for me as a performer i i i think the thing that i really enjoy the most if I'm going to be on a stage, the thing that I enjoy the most is that shared energy from mm-hmm. a, a, a group of however large people moving and appreciating music whilst I'm moving and producing it. Yeah. Um, that, that to me is the, the, the absolute best. And it doesn't have to be EDM. I, I used to be in, um, in a sort of like heavy alternative punk pop metal style band and where I was screaming all my vocals which is something I mentioned <laughs> to some of the artists in this season of uh, GHWH which I guess I should be calling it GHWH <laughs> you're listening to GHWH 75.6 <laughs> uh, but like this season I was I was talking to a few people about it and they're like what we didn't see that coming but I was there like screamo style vocals with you know uh, a lead guitarist a rhythm guitarist a bassist a drummer and it was all chuggy and super heavy uh, and what I would do in, in those times is, is, is basically be the, the curator of a mosh pit or the curator yeah. of a wall of death, which we used <laughs> to have at certain gigs. And, it, you know, back then it would have been a wall of death between five people and, and, and two of them were my, my best friends and one of them was my mom. So, like, you know, <laughs> you don't really want that kind of a wall of death to go too Your seriously. mom in the wall of death. It's like my mom's <laughs> in the wall. She's, she's right there at the front like, yay, you know, go, go, go do your thing. I, I, I'll be part of this. Um, <laughs> That's great. But, you know, jokes aside, there, there's that energy you can get as, as a performer and, and you, you have a predisposition to enjoy it in a certain way. So for me, oh, yeah. it's that really like high energy mm-hmm. thing because I think I'm quite a, quite a loud and obnoxious high energy person. <laughs> like I'm a bit in your face. Yeah. Whereas I can see that you would get the same 
fundamental sensation from having a silent audience and you're performing an acoustic song. Yeah, it's um, like, honestly, it's two, it's two very different highs. But like, so performing with Dex to that like room full of people just all going so hard was super exhilarating. And on the other mm. hand, having a show like I had done for Talks release had a room full of people just sitting there not making a single sound and just listening and being emotional together. And that was very powerful as well. So it's, it's two ex extremes, but both were like extremely exhilarating to me. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I would not have understood what you were saying unless I'd had the experience of doing my TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I've done public speaking a fair bit. But this was the biggest public speaking thing I did. Um, and being on that stage with just me and my spoken voice and then singing acoustically yep. was very, very, um, very strange. Like I, I, I have not performed acoustically very much in my mm. career. It's been yeah. mostly, you know, with a big band or with a big backing track. Um, it's, it's very rarely stripped back. But but to stand there on that stage and to just talk from the heart and to just sing from the heart to an audience that is absolutely silent yeah. was was very 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 um emotionally driving as well i know that halfway through when i was singing i was kind of like holding back tears mm -hmm. it's, it's funny because i look back at the video on youtube and i can see the precise moment because my voice just kind of breaks yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh no i broke my that's uh, that nice because if I'm, if I'm having a day where i'm being a bit judgy of myself i look at it and i'm like ugh, i can't sing what the hell's wrong with me <laughs> and then if i'm looking at it from a day when i'm a bit more uh in my true self, I, I look at it and I'm like, ah, oh, look at me being all authentic. Look yeah. at that. That's great. That's, um, um, that happened to me when I was performing at the, at the talk release show, the benefit concert, yeah. I cried twice on stage that I, I never do that, but like mm. that, that kind of silence and just appreciation and everybody just feeling kind of the same thing. Um, it got me really emotional. So yeah, I cried on stage. And, and, and that well. makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I think that that, that that ties into the one thing that all musicians or artists of any capacity are really looking is, is, is for their work to be understood. And for their work to be understood, it has to be heard. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of people listen, but not many people hear. Yeah. And, and that's that's the the subtle second tier to why I've called myself heard as an artist or heard -a -da, if you if you're <laughs> reading it specifically with a heard double do. Um, <laughs> or if you're looking at my logo, some people are like Heru because the oh. D looks a bit like an O. So like Heru. <laughs> um, anyway, heard -a -da. But yeah. but but the idea behind heard was always that I'm in the process of creating a community. Uh, a herd and and mm -hmm. and together we have the capacity to change the world through our art and through our appreciation of art and through loving each other that that is the the vision for herd as a community but the other sub layer of it the subcontext to the name is that it's through music that i feel the most heard there is no other platform for communication that i feel i'm as effective in transmitting my ideas and and it's not that it lands with everyone it's just when people hear what i'm saying through music they hear it really effectively mm -hmm. um although a large majority of people who listen to my music probably don't hear what i'm saying they just listen and, and some appreciate and some don't um so i can understand getting on that stage and just stripping back to the absolute raw authentic you yeah. know vulnerable self that you are when you're on that stage and having people just listen yeah. and just hear 
that it's 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 a very relieving sort mm-hmm. of crying. I would I would expect that you were crying in a place of joy, yeah, not was, in a place yeah, of I was sadness. Crying in a place of joy, yeah, not not sadness. It wasn't sadness. It was just like uh, emotion. Just like uh, all these people are like here feeling the same thing, and yeah, people are moved, and I'm moved, and it was just nice. <laughs> it was just a really good good night. It's 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 cathartic in some yeah. ways mm-hmm. to realize that that what you experience as a raw, authentic thing doesn't really need to be hidden. If yeah. anything, it needs to be shared. Yeah, because it's was... through sharing it, you know, that we all we all realize we're the same, right? Yeah, that was a pretty powerful realization that night. Just um, how how much people just wanted this to be a regular thing, like just like let's have this night where we all share our thoughts on mental health like all the time <laughs> and i was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great that's Let, exactly what i wanted yeah yeah exactly exactly it's a narrative that you've opened up mm-hmm. and it's and it's it's of course it's you the person who struggled with that that was able mm-hmm. to make it happen and it's something that must be fundamentally satisfying to be able to look at it and say yeah this was some fear that i had that i transcended mm-hmm. and you kind of look forward and you say what's the next fear that i'm about to take down <laughs> like, yeah. who come at me life <laughs> i'm ready yeah. give me another hurdle mother <laughs> f word i can't decide whether i'm gonna swear on this, po- po- yeah. um, this podcast or not it's like it's so fucking annoying <laughs> i can't decide if i'm swearing or not um but the reality is that satisfaction is there and, 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 you know, you really should be proud of yourself. That is um, quite Thanks. an achievement. Thank you. Of course. And, and, and just out of interest, the TEDx experience, how, how did you find it? Because for me, I, I definitely was, 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 I don't know. I, I guess I wasn't prepared for how good it would feel. Yeah. Um, I didn't really plan my talk too much. I know I, I, I had to go through a pitch process with the mm-hmm. people. There were three um, selection stages. Yeah. And at each stage, I would just put my best foot forward. And I was like, well, if I get shut down on the third stage, then at least I got through the first two. And when right. I got the, the email saying, hey, you're in, I was like, whoa, that's yeah. so cool. That's and awesome. I didn't, didn't really plan it too much. I, I had a, a, an idea of what I wanted to talk about that I tried to put on paper and actually the the guys who were running the show were like, we kind of just liked what you were talking about. And when you put it on paper, it just sounded worse. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So then I, so then I did a second redo of it yeah. where I didn't actually think I just typed out what I would have said. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this is literally exactly what we're looking for. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I actually was brought on to be a singer before I was brought on to be a speaker. Mm-hmm. And um, I put a bit of an, because I actually applied to be a speaker and then they were like, we'd rather you sing because we like your music. And I was okay. like, I'm going to offer you this ultimatum of I'm going to do singing and speaking yeah. or I'm not going to, no, that's not true. I just <laughs> said, I, I said, or I'm just going to sing. But, <laughs> but the bottom line here is they gave me the platform to do both, which was really yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, how, I, how did you, how did you find the experience? I thought it was great. And I was, I was in the exact same boat as you where I, I spoke mm. and I sang. Um, and honestly, I was just, I was basically just a little bit surprised at first that I was even being asked to do this. Cause someone right. sent me an email from the TEDx um, community and it was going on here in Toronto at Trinity Bellwoods and um, I thought at first when I saw this that it was like spam or something I'm like what, who, <laughs> who from TEDx is talking to me because right. I had only done a couple of public speaking engagements beforehand and there yeah. was one that um, they were they were like amateur nights uh, I'm not sure if I should call it an amateur night but it I mean you didn't right. really have to do much except for sign up um, 
but it was called Mo Mondays. And so it was basically just like you can talk about right. any, anything that happened in your life that you felt was something worth sharing. And so I had done right. a couple of talks uh, about anxiety and I <clears> played Arizona and I played <throat> another song that's unreleased called Ghost. And because both of those right. songs, both of those songs were written from my experiences um, finding out about my own anxiety uh, because I really didn't know much about it. So yeah. it was just like that story. And so I I looked up the person who sent me the email and it actually was real. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I emailed her <laughs> back and I'm like, how did you find me? And she said she was in the audience of the one talk I had, like the one no talk way. I had done in Toronto. I had, I had never spoken in Toronto except for that one time. So she said she was there and she was thinking that I could do like the same performance basically um, with, with the speech and but just kind of like edit it. So it's a little more Ted. Um, so I did. And the experience friendly. doing it was, was really great. Like I, I felt, I felt like I was really saying something important and, uh, I was glad people thought I was someone worth listening to on the subject. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah. And it's funny cause it, the, the thing I always find funny is that like, yeah, you know what this, this, this guy heard is like uh, really someone you should listen to when it comes to anxiety depression suicide mental health and i'm there like yeah thanks i'm really good about that and then i stop and i think if i wasn't so open and vulnerable i'd probably be offended <laughs> but everyone's <laughs> like this herd person fucked up so much of their own life that they have the experience of how to come back yeah he's uh, a great person to talk to about this <laughs> so it's like great person to talk to about all that shit because yeah. you know what yeah expert i'm an expert in fucking up uh, i think i've decided in this episode six of my podcast that i'm swearing, that you're swearing. <laughs> you just you pulled out the, the no-no words you. <laughs> exactly you pulled out the no-no words from my mouth i'm like wow eris the uh the queen of of bad jokes and poor language uh, I just think I just I just really really need to hear more of these terrible jokes. But that, that yeah. that's maybe for another time because we are coming towards the end of our time today. Mm. One thing I like to to sort of end on is this very pointed question that's hard to answer that sort of asks what your meaning is, you know, as an artist and in life in general. Like if there's if there's a golden nugget of something that you've learned, what is it, and 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 how can we use it to make our lives easier? Um, that is a, that's a good question. I think that, uh, what I've learned and what I think is important in being an artist is as we've kind of already touched on like authenticity. Um, I always want to be true to mm. myself and the things that I write about and being open. And obviously with, with all the work I'm doing and trying to help break the stigma around mental health. Um, I think just being open and, vulnerable with each other and yeah using music and even just talking about our feelings um as a tool to reach people and be exactly. empathetic empathetic yeah. towards people um that's basically that's that's my motto that's it that's that's <laughs> it that's it and and, yeah. and you know what you've really hit on something that is purely eris and, and and not purely eris because no one else does it um because lots of people do but it is purely you because i can tell this is the heart of of you as a as a human as well as an artist is it's almost like you're saying music is this wonderful bridge into yourself yeah and if you use it effectively you can use it to help yourself and others and yeah. I, I believe that fundamentally music is absolutely a bridge because it can change the way we think it can change the way we feel it can change the way we move our body and it can create love for us or yeah. remove it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, the ultimate bridge 
when it comes to the life of Eris is is music. Some other people yeah. may have different bridges. It's it's my ultimate bridge too. Mm-hmm. Um, what a wonderful sentiment! Like, look at this. You you are just like bad jokes, bad language, <laughs> and profound statements. Like, I I I can understand. I can That's understand. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I can understand our friendship here. Yeah. <laughs> the more I look at it, I'm like. Well, Eris is all about bad jokes, bad yeah. language, and profound <laughs> statements. And then I, I look in a mirror after this, uh, this session, and yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, that's yeah. me. That's why we're friends. Uh, the, the, more, the more we have our coffees, once we're actually able to get back to having coffees that's together, a, we'll have, uh, well, you'll see more of my bad jokes come out I would, I would love to see more of your bad <laughs> jokes, your bad words, and your profound statements. Yeah. And I look forward to it, too. And thanks okay. so much for coming on the show today. Like, it's, it's been a real pleasure to... To, absolutely to chat. anytime uh, love chatting with you always right yeah. like you know you know like it's it's effortless when we're we're having a conversation it kind yeah. of just goes where it goes mm-hmm. and we <laughs> trust that process but before we jump off um we're gonna listen to a little bit more of talk but before that i would love for you to have the floor to uh tell people where they can connect with you tell people where they can reach you online and what you want them to do order them about boss them about tell them <laughs> what they have to do okay <laughs> everybody get out a pen and a paper um so you can find me on social media my instagram handle is it's eris i-t-s-a-a-r-y-s and uh, that's the same for Twitter. Facebook is Eris Music. And I have a website, erismusic.com, where you can send me uh, a message on the, the email section. And right. um, that's about it. Just find, you can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. Follow me on those platforms. You're everywhere. That is everything. Yeah, you, everywhere you, you could possibly find. You're yeah. a plague and an infestation <laughs> on the yeah. face of music. No, but I'm I mean, everywhere. this is the way you have to be these days. Yeah. Um, and, and the way, in case anyone's struggling still with the spelling of Eris's name because you know it's quite easy to read it as Aries it's quite yeah. easy to read it as Aris yeah uh, um, <laughs> you know you could you could do it in different ways so I, I have this little chant in my head that helps me type out your Instagram so it's like it's and then it's which I love. I just always that's remember perfect. it in my head. That's how I remember you. A-A-R-Y-S. And, and it's like... Um, Sounds it, like a sports it, game. Well, that's it. Or, yeah. or if I supersede you when it comes to life and I'm asked to do a, a sort of, I don't know, like a, a eulogy at your wedding. Oh, God. I, I'm just going to... Oh, gonna at my sleep. wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> not your wedding. Your, we- your wedding to death. <laughs> a eulogy at your wedding. That's so depressing. Oh, my oh, goodness. God. I was lost in my own head, head journey there. The words didn't come out right. But no, a eulogy at your funeral, which hopefully okay. won't be your wedding day as well. Yeah. Um, but a eulogy at your funeral, I feel like I would just get the entire congregation, assuming you're in a church. <laughs> like, just pretend you're in a church. But I doubt yeah. you'll have a church funeral. But, you know, you're in the church. Everyone's dressed in black. Yeah. People have got those hats. People are crying and... And, 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 you know, there's a lady at the back trying to keep control of her kid who's going crazy. And, and oh the, the dad's not in the picture. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a very profound sort of scene that I'm building here. It's a very specific um, scene. <laughs> and then everyone's just waiting for me, the person who did a TEDx talk, the person yeah. who sings, you know, uh, and talks quite profoundly to, <laughs> to say something. And I step up to the pulpit. And I tap the mic like uh, I'm not going to do it now because I hate it when people do that. <laughs> they yeah. tap the mic and it's like, oh, that hurts my ears. But I tap the mic and I sort of clear my voice like <clears throat> and everyone, there's silence, right? There's silence in the room. Everyone's just waiting. And then I go, hey, hey, oh, yes. Hey, hey. <laughs> and everyone just like just goes like crazy chanting it. 
and uh, and that's how I want you to be remembered. Oh, I love that. Um, Thanks. So You're that's, hired. That, <laughs> that's it. So just, just make sure you die before me. Okay. And that will happen. <laughs> if you don't, then, you know, that's fine. But um, yeah, that's that, you know what? That's a, that's a happy twist on if you die before me. You know, For sure. You know, this wonderful funeral. This one imaginary yeah. <laughs> funeral. Anyway, look, I, I, I could go on for hours oh in, in conversations with you. Me Thanks too. again, though, like yeah. for, for coming and having this conversation with us, for sharing your wisdom. Absolutely. Thank you for thinking it's wisdomous. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I mean, you know what? Wisdom, wisdom is sometimes foolish and, and the fool is sometimes wise. So um, I've basically stepped back my compliment and called you a fool now. But, <laughs> you know, bottom line is... Fool. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you may be a fool, you may be wise, but you're a friend to me regardless. Um, and thanks for closing off season one of GW, no, GHWH, Get Heard with Heard. <laughs> Thank you. That is really, a great time. Really appreciate it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, I mean, season one is now complete. Get Heard with Heard can be heard in full. Listen to all six episodes. If you've missed any, there are some great conversations there. We've had a merry old time talking about the ups and the downs and what it's really like to be an artist in this day and age. As I mentioned before, we are knee deep in recording season two. Season two is coming soon. I hope you guys have fundamentally enjoyed this journey with me and this temporary journey with me with Eris today. We're going to see things off by listening to a little bit more of talk. What a wonderful track. Thanks again, Eris. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.